The following podcast is sponsored by Endgame PR, a social media PR firm based near Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about how Endgame PR can help your business with media relations, social media management, content creation, and even podcast production, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. In this special postseason bonus edition of the podcast, host George Templeton will look back at the crazy last days of the 2020-2021 A-10 regular season and look forward to this year's conference tournament. And now, here's George. To the special edition of the VCU Rams Rewind. The Atlantic 10 Tournament Preview Edition. Yes. Thank you. Thanks to our uh, commissioner. We are finished the regular season. It finished Monday night with some very interesting results. And now we're going to take on this conference tournament. Let's let's just briefly go over Monday night's results because they were they were uh, they were a very fascinating uh, group of results. We'll start with the fact that St. Bonaventure did lose to Dayton uh, at I think at home if I'm not mistaken uh, yes uh, Dayton wins at St Bonaventure 55-52 which means if VCU had beaten Davidson or if they had won the game against George Mason VCU would have won the regular season championship so uh, just uh, just just chew on that annoyance for a bit while we get to the rest of it uh, St Louis throttled Massachusetts they got back on track and 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 helped improve their seed a little bit in this tournament. And the standout result of the night, without a doubt, St. Joseph's goes to the Robin Center and behind huge nights from Ryan Daly and, and, and from Funk, win, win at Richmond 76-73. I listened to a good chunk of this game before uh, while I was driving around and working. Uh, a disastrous loss for Richmond, which drops them pretty much off the board in terms of an at-large bid and dropped them all the way to the eighth seed uh, and contributed to pushing up quite a number of teams up the board in terms of uh, seed position. And and something that, that will lead us to be talking a little bit more about St. Joe's uh, when, we, uh, when we get later in this pod. Just they're, they're a very interesting team. They're one of two real wild cards, I think, in this tournament, but we'll get to them in a minute. I'm going to start out, uh, now that that's done, uh, let's talk about. Let's, I'm going to do something that I do in the face in the fan group that I'm in that I'm going to do for this pod because we're at the end of the regular season. So VCU by the numbers. This is the VCU state of things for VCU as we finish the regular season with their next game, of course, being Friday in the quarterfinals. In the new, we have new brackets from uh, the two for, for, from the two foremost bracketologists, at least for me. That's Joe Lenardi of ESPN and Jerry Palm of CBS Sports. Joe Lenardi has VCU as one of his last four teams getting a bye. They are the 11th seed in Region 1, and even more interesting, he has them slotted against Tennessee, who VCU was supposed to play at the start of the season in a in a in-season tournament. But that tournament got canceled, and of course, VCU, on, on about 24 hours' notice, ended up in South Dakota to play in a tournament up there and did very well. Jerry Palm, who was one of the few bracketologists that had VCU out, 
the last few weeks. He now has them as one of his last four teams in, so they are in a play-in game against Drake in one of the regions. And if they win, they would play Creighton. And if they were to win that, they would play Kansas. And, of course, Lenardi also has a potential second-round matchup between VCU and Kansas 10 years after the most famous matchup between the two, or maybe the only matchup, I guess, because uh, I don't know if VCU played Kansas another time. What a fascinating uh, potential situation that could be. And, and, and folks, just to explain this, the committee loves to set stuff like that up, knowing that often it won't come off, but what it does is it gets media people talking, it, gets, it generates interest. When you can set things up like that, and they love to do it, they love to do stuff like that. Either, either in, and sometimes they'll even do it in round one, but they certainly love to set up those potential matchups. Like a few years back, VCU was in a tournament, and there was a there was a possible setup where you could have been VCU versus Texas when when they had just gotten Shaka Smart, and we could have had a VCU Texas you know Sweet Sixteen if there were some upsets. You know they love to do stuff like that. They love to do stuff like that because uh, because the media will will pounce on it, talk about it, and it generates interest. So. VCU's in both brackets of the now, but let's face it, being one of the last four buys in one bracket, being one of the last four in, an, in, in another, VCU's spot in the field is at this point tenuous. If they had beaten Mason or, or Davidson, I don't think that would be the case because historically the A-10 regular season champ, and in this case it's St. Bonaventure, has never been left out of, of the NCAA tournament. Uh, so. You know, we'll see. Things of obviously like that can can always change, but and and the A tens cannibalized itself a lot this year. But that 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 is you know VCU's hold on there is is at this point tenuous. In terms of Ken Pomeroy, they did have a fairly big drop this week. They dropped from forty three to fifty. That was mainly fueled by a, a pretty big drop in offensive efficiency down to one hundred twentieth. Not surprising given. The situation against Davidson and and you know no bones Highland to begin with, and then of course Vince Williams went out injured, and and you know they were really struggling on offense at the end of that game. So not surprising, kind of understandable. They maintain their spot in defensive efficiency. They're thirteenth. Their non-conference strength of schedule ticked slightly down to one twenty-six, and their slowdown in tempo con- continues. And remember, at one point they were in the top seventy in terms of fastest teams. They're now one hundred eighteenth. They've dropped about 50 spots in about a month in tempo. So they've really, VCU has slowed down quite a bit as the season has gone on. I, I wonder how much some of the injuries and the issues that have, that have come up have contributed to that. That's probably not the way Mike Rhodes wants to play, but I, want, I also tend to think that that might be the best way that VCU can play. So the A-10 tournament schedule, VCU gets one of the four double buys, which was certainly had to have been the goal at the start of the season. They did that. They're the two seed, which means they're going to play the early game of the quarterfinal session, which is, in my opinion, is always preferred. You or, or they're going to play the early air timed game. They won't play the early game because of the interesting setup we have, where we have two games at the Siegel Center and two games at the Robin Center. They'll actually be playing the late game at the Siegel Center, but the early game in terms of the time the uh, quarterfinals play, they will play. That quarterfinal Friday, 3.30 p.m. on NBC Sports Network at home against the winner of Dayton and Rhode Island. Very interesting, number one, that Dayton ends up in that seventh-seeded spot, having, you know, despite having won the game against St. Bonaventure. Dayton, 
is an absolute wild card. They have had some of the craziest results in this in in the in the A10 this year. Uh, you know they have they have beaten St. Louis twice. They have won at St. Bonaventure. You 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 know you 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 can't help but take your hat off to wins like that. They swept the two Mississippi schools in the SEC. You know that's that's a that's a pretty good. That, that, those are two pretty good wins because again, anytime you can beat a Power Five team, especially away from home, uh, that that's pretty tremendous. But Dayton have have also been the author of extraordinarily, and I and I can't stress this enough: extraordinarily head scratching defeats. Lost their lost at home their conference opener to LaSalle, as in, as a, for instance, lost at Fordham, also in that early part of the conference season. Uh, did win at Davidson. As I was gonna say, there's another really good win. They managed to go and win at Davidson in overtime. Uh, so that you know, you, you you tip your cap to them on that. Of course, VCU beat them twice. One of those times, absolutely smacking them. Uh, but then maybe the most bizarre result of them all comes very late in the season. La- you know, uh, last Wednesday. It'll be you know about a week. By the time you hear this, it'll be a week ago. Davidson nearly gives up a hundred, a C note to St. Joseph's up on Hawk Hill, lost by thirteen, got thumped there, and that is in between. That that is sandwiched around a win against St. Louis, where they absolutely slapped them silly, and then the win at St. Bonaventure to finish the season, which is a quad one win. And of course, VCU couldn't win at St. Bonaventure yet. Dayton did. So Dayton. Which Dayton are we going to get? Who the heck knows? They had a big lead against Rhode Island, who they're playing when they played them last, blew it and lost in double overtime. Dayton did beat them at home in their first matchup. Uh, And then, of course, Rhode Island brings its own set of challenges. Rhode Island, uh, having dominated VCU the last really four years and knocked VCU out of the tournament three years running, Uh, a, a point, one of the uh, a point that I had forgotten about, but that was well made by one of the people in the fan group. So it's not going to be an easy matchup either way for the Rams. That said, I don't particularly fear either team the way some of our members do. I can understand the fear about Rhode Island. They almost certainly have Fats Russell this time, you would think. Uh, let's just check here, because I, I mean, because he was out in the second game against VCU, and. And quite rightly, some Rhode Island fans will point to that and say, yeah, that's why we lost. I would say that, you know, Leggett had a good enough game that you could make the case that, 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 the, that, it wouldn't have, that Russell wouldn't have been that much better than Leggett, even though Leggett missed a foul shot at the end of the game, and Russell's a very good foul shooter. By the way, Russell did play Rhode Island's last game. They did lose against Duquesne. Russell was 8 for 21, but he did make 10 out of 15 at the foul line. So he ended up with 27 points, but he didn't get a lot of help. And they lost at Duquesne, so they they should have Fats Russell for that game, uh, for the game against Dayton, and theoretically the game against VCU if they win that. So that is that is the, that is the first game. If VCU can get by there, then they play Friday night. Uh, excuse me, Saturday night on CBS Sports Network, also at the Siegel Center. They will play whoever comes out of GW Fordham, George Mason, and Davidson. So a chance, a potential chance at a rematch with Davidson. Uh, which I'm sure VCU would want. And I'll just remind you, the one year that VCU won the conference tournament, they got smacked at Davidson, uh, way worse than what happened in in the last game this year. 
and then uh, and then in the rematch, uh, and then they got Davidson back in the tournament and ended up winning that tournament. So that that's something that's something to remember as well. Uh, so that's that is the half of the bracket. And of course, if they get through the final, then then we've got the the finals the following Sunday on CBS Sports on Selection Sunday. That will be in Dayton, of course, due to this uh, changed um, scenario that the commissioners pre- pre- presented to us. One other thing. We mentioned about Richmond losing and how they're off the board. St. Louis is is on is right in the heart of the at large conversation. They're on the other side of the bracket. They're the fourth seed. Again, if VC, if if somehow this conference only gets one or two bids instead of maybe three that they could have got, it's going to be down to what this commissioner did, and there's going to be a lot of hard questions for them. So let me talk about the other side of the bracket. Of course, St. Bonaventure, the number one seed. One thing to remember: only once. In the last decade, and I know, of course, there wasn't a tournament last year, has the one seed won. That was St. Louis in 2013. And the irony of that is that is the only time that you had one versus two in a final was was St. Louis uh, played VCU and St. Louis won. That is the only time that we've had one versus two in the final. And it is the only time that we've had a one seed uh, win this tournament. And quite often, Including one of the historical the, the historical parallel I'm going to bring up in a minute, the one seed has often lost that first conference tournament game. It's happened, I think, five times in the last ten years, or four times in the last ten years. So that that tells you, you know, St. Bonaventure, and of course, even though the historical precedent about the eight the eight ten regular season champ never being left out, you know, St. Bonaventure wouldn't want to lose to Richmond or Duquesne. Uh, because that would be they would face an uncomfortable week and a half or almost week and a half waiting to see if they were going to make it. So the St. Bonaventure will play 11 a.m. at the Siegel Center uh, on on uh, on Friday. They will play either Richmond or Duquesne, who are going to play 11 a.m. at the Siegel Center the previous day. Uh, it's Thursday, uh, and then there and then whoever gets through those three teams will have either LaSalle the 12, St. Joseph's the 13th, Massachusetts the five, or St. Louis the four. St. Joe's and LaSalle play play a big five uh, first rounder on Wednesday, and then the winner will play UMass at the Robin Center at 1 o'clock uh, on Thursday, and then, of course, St. Louis on Friday. That's also at the Robin Center. So St. Joe's, why am I going to bring up St. Joe's? Well, St. Joe's is the 13th seed out of 14. You're thinking they've been a struggling team all year. You know, why are we talking about them? Yeah, they got a big win over Richmond. But of course, as I've just mentioned, they also beat they also beat Dayton. St. Joe's, by the way, won three games in a row. They beat LaSalle in overtime where they're gonna play. Now that was that was at home. And and granted, two of these wins were at home, but they beaten Dayton. They they beaten Dayton and they beaten uh, Richmond. So they've beaten some pretty good teams in this league. And I just want to cast your mind back to 2011. A lot of nostalgia about 2011. Of course, we mentioned it 10 years ago, VCU in the Final Four, beating Kansas in that regional final. Richmond, 10 years ago, winning the Atlantic 10 tournament. Uh, But what a weird tournament it was. And why do I bring up that 2011 tournament? Well, St. Joseph's that year was the 12th seed, having having uh, having just got in by beating Charlotte to end the season. And qualify. That's back when, in my opinion, uh, the A10 did the smart thing and didn't have but twelve teams in it. Of course, St. Joe's wouldn't have been in, wouldn't be in this tournament if it was under the old format. But St. Joe's won at Charlotte last day of the season. 
to get in to the conference tournament as a 12 seed out of 12. They were a 9-22 and basketball team, but they had won two out of their last three games uh, that year. They beat St. Bonaventure at home. They lost, at, they lost to Richmond, and then they beat Charlotte to get into the conference tournament. And what do you know, in the conference tournament, that St. Joe's team beat George Washington in overtime, 12 beating a 5. Then they upset Duquesne, who had had one of the best seasons they'd had in that conference for a long time, beat them in overtime, and almost got to the final as the 12 seed out of 12. They ended up playing Dayton, the 9 seed, who'd upset Xavier in round one, lost 64-61. The beneficiary of all that madness on that side of the bracket were the Richmond Spiders, who as the three seed ended up winning the tournament, beating Dayton in the final. Of course, they got in the tournament and then got in the Sweet 16, same year as VCU got in the Final Four. Kevin Anderson, tournament MVP. Remember Kevin Anderson, what a fine, fine player he was. And I bring that up because you just just look at this St. Joe's team having nearly dropped 100, a C-note on Dayton. Uh, it, 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 you know, to, to win that game. Having gone to Richmond and look, started that game hot and didn't really slow down. I Like I said, I was listening to that game until about the last, final five minutes. They were ahead from the get-go behind Taylor Funk and they, and they didn't stop rolling. They had five guys get double figures in that game. And, and here's the interesting thing about a team like St. Joe's. History is littered. It, at this time of the year, in both the little dance, which they call the conference tournaments, and in the and even in the big conference tournaments as well, of these lower seeded teams that you think to have no chance, they get hot, and they can get to a final or even win a tournament. And how do they do it? Well, usually they have one player, one really outstanding player that just goes ham for three or four days. Ryan Daly can be that guy, but Taylor Funk could be that guy as well. That's one thing, and they also tend to be one of these teams. That that uh, that makes a lot of three pointers, and St. Joe's takes a lot of them, makes a lot of them. They made ten against the Spiders last night. They took thirty three, and they made ten, and that ended up being the difference. Richmond only had four, so there, there's the difference there. In a game that that they win by three, they outscore Richmond from outside the arc by eighteen points to get the job done. They also made the free throws at the end. So the, these kinds of things. A team like St. Joe's, as crazy as it sounds, because they're the you know they're the flipping 13th seed out of 14, could be a real they could be a real issue for both UMass and St. Louis if they can get to if they can get uh, if they can get to those games. So say uh, you know it's one it was funny one of the guys in the group said you know uh, they were like plus fifty thousand so I think they were like five you know they're like five hundred to one or uh, they're. 501 to win the A10 tournament and he said that might be worth a $10 bet. It probably is. You know, St. Joe's you just you just never know in these and of course in a year of the covid and a pandemic. Who the heck knows what you're going to get out of out of out of the out of the uh out of the Hawks here. So, very interesting, very interesting team St. Joe's. To me, St. Joe's and Dayton, the absolute wild cards. They both could lose their first game and I could look silly for spending this much time talking about both of them. They also both could cause a lot of. They could also cause some big teams a lot of problems. And of course, what's interesting is in this this bubbly situation that the A10 is in. St. Jones is in line to be St. Louis's first game of the tournament. 
if they can win, if they can win the two games to get there, and of course, if Dayton wins one game, they beat VCU's first game of the tournament. And of course, VCU, who <laughs> all not all that long ago uh, was a team that was making the final every year in the A10. Their first five years in the A10, they made the final every year. They've now been ousted in in the in the first round of the quarterfinals, two years running. And look, Mike Rhodes. You know, they were the number one seed two years ago and went bye-bye against Rhode Island. Uh, you really wouldn't want to lose this game if you're Mike Rhodes because you're going to have a lot of people questioning you and your acumen, especially in a postseason situation if you can't come up with the goods in a game like this. So that is going to – that's the, that's you know, that's this bracket. It's very – it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, a lot of it, of course, is going to depend, as we know, on Bones Highland and, and his situation. Oh, there was a lot of talk he was going to play against Davidson. He did not. Uh, I had no problem with that whatsoever. I had absolutely no problem with that. That they would uh, that 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 VC that VC would hold him out in this game. You got to think with so many so much on the line on Friday that he's got to be that he's hopefully going to be good to go. We're all kind of waiting on the word on Vince Williams and his uh, and, and his you know sprained ankle, twisted ankle, whatever happened in that game. It didn't look too serious, but he certainly couldn't continue uh, in 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 the game after he did that against Davidson. And you got to think that that uh, that you got to think that 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 was a wise move, and that he ought to be ready for the game on Friday, and hopefully he will be. So, just looking at VCU as they come into this tournament, what are the things they're doing well? Well, defense, of course, is one of the things they do well. Second best team in terms of field goal percentage defense in the league. Uh, and of course, the, you know that's very important. That's that's very important. And free throw shooting, we've talked about it all year. Number one team in the conference in foul shooting. Richmond, by the way, number two, which is interesting because they've had much like VCU, they've had issues with foul shooting. Uh, you know, in in the in the recent past, and and when you get to this time of year, being a good foul shooting team is like gold. It's like absolute gold. Uh, not surprisingly, VCU second best three point. Uh, field goal percentage defense team in the league, only behind Duquesne. Uh, teams are shooting twenty nine point four percent from three against them. That is big, you know that it, that is big. So uh, we'll we're going to see, you know, we're going to we're going to see what we're going to see on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it is a tough matchup either way, but but this in, in a conference like this that's got good depth. That's just that's just how it is, folks. You know, you usually don't get. You usually don't get a very easy first-round conference game in conferences at this level. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's a doddle. But I, I can tell you, having watched you know all these years VCU in this A10, they usually they usually don't get a lot of easy ones in, in this tournament. Uh, there have been games that 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 have ended up blowouts that that looked tough on paper. Uh, that that's happened on more than a few occasions. But look, you know, you you usually aren't going to get an easy game, even as a one or a two. And like I said, you know, go back through the history of this A10 in the last ten years. We talked about 2011. Xavier was nationally ranked, lost to Dayton as a one seed. You know, see you later. They got knocked out. Uh, Temple the next year lost to UMass as a one seed. Uh, they were nationally ranked. They got knocked out. That was 2012. Uh, you know, 2013 it didn't happen. That was the one time that. That, that's one of the times when the one of the rare times the chalk held. Uh, but the, these once St. Louis lost to St. Bonaventure, St. Bonaventure a, a nine in that and a nine uh, as a nine seed in the uh, in that in that 2014 tournament, and St. Joe's ended up benefiting and uh, winning that 
win that tournament as a result. So, you know, Davidson in the next year barely gets past LaSalle. Nationally ranked Davidson only beats ninth-seeded LaSalle by a point and then got rolled by VCU in the semifinal on the way to VCU uh, winning winning their only A-10 tournament ever. And, of course, that's, as, as I mentioned earlier, that was one week after VCU got, got face-planted and volleyball spiked uh, down down there in North Carolina. You know, and then the next year, Dayton's the, Dayton's the one seed in 2016. They, they get by Richmond without much problem, but then they get beat in the semifinal uh, by St. Joe's again. So there you go. I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how this tournament is. These one seeds almost never get an easy ride. Here we go, 20, 2017. The one seed goes down again. It's Dayton. They lose to Davidson, the ninth seed. Uh, and Rhode Island benefits, and Rhode Island ends up winning the tournament, of course, beating VCU in the finals. The last time VCU was in the finals, 2017. And in 2018, Rhode Island gets to the final, loses to Davidson. So that's, and, and so that, you know, that's one of those. And that's the thing. How many times has the one seed made the finals? Not been many. Not been many. We've, we've, we've just gone through the last 10 years, and, of course, two years ago, VCU lost to Rhode Island. St. Bonaventure benefits, but St. Louis ends up winning the tournament. But there you go. The one seed often gets beat the first game, very rarely gets to the final. So maybe I, I, I saw some of our fan group members saying it actually benefited VCU to be the two seed. Maybe that'll turn out that this way. But, you know, this, is, this tournament is almost always a wide-open tournament, and anything really can happen. We, we've had, you know, we, we've had everything from St. Joe's as a, as, a, as a 12th seed almost getting to the final to to nine seeded teams getting to the final and nearly winning it happens you know all sorts of craziness like that and ten years on from that St Joe's run and Richmond winning winning uh, coming from the other side of that bracket to win that tournament could another team from the city of Richmond in this case VCU be the beneficiary of a bracket collapse on the one seed side of the bracket and end up winning the conference tournament we shall see uh, if you're listening to this thank you for listening. On Podbean or Apple, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Refer back to this as often as you can during the tournament. There will, of course, be VCU post game blogs and we post game pods, and we hope they are plural. Uh, during, I will be off Friday, so you'll get one pretty quickly after the game on Friday. With which, of course, with a with a nod to what might uh, happen. Uh, with the next game that'll be going on while we're recording and all that. So thank you all for listening. I look forward to talking to you on Friday, hopefully after a VCU win that will lock them into the NCAA tournament. Have a good night. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, Join the Facebook group, VCU Basketball Fans, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.